Okay, so we're doing uh, Theology of Ted Lasso. It's going to be great. We're going to watch a couple clips. So if you haven't had the chance to watch the show, you won't be lost. Here's why we do this. So annually, we try to engage pop culture. We try to say, how might we engage this or, or view this or experience this from a theological lens? There's not one way to do that. I'm just going to give you one way today to do that. Um, narratives are powerful. Narratives shape us. They communicate our identity, our core values. They are powerful. That's why the Bible is filled with narratives and stories. And the stories on television and movies shape us, shape culture, shape values, right? So we want to know how to engage them. Most of us, I mean, when I, when I engage with someone, one common question is like, what are you binging now? I want to know. Give me the suggestion, right? What are you listening to? What are you watching? How do we engage this as Christians? So I'm going to give you a brief overview of Ted Lasso so that you're not completely lost if you haven't watched the show. Ted Lasso is a Division II, not even Division I, Division II, football coach at Wichita State. And his football team wins the Division II championship here in the United States. There's a great clip of him dancing in celebration. It's amazing. <laughs> I wish I could move like that. I'd pull a groin. And uh, as a result, there is a British Premier Soccer League, which is like in Europe, right? The British Premier League is the biggest soccer league. It's life and death for people. Soccer is life. This is huge, right? And one of them decides, you know who we want to be our next coach? Ted Lasso from America. So they bring a football coach from America to, to coach football in Britain, right? He doesn't know anything about it. He doesn't even know the rules of soccer. He says yes and goes halfway across the world to another country to coach a sport he doesn't know anything about because he's uh, essentially estranged from his wife. So his wife has said, I want space. Things aren't working. So he says, okay. So here's a picture of his wife and their child. And so Ted's like, I'll give you the space you want. I'll take this job, we'll see what happens, and so he goes to Britain. Reluctantly, in some ways, as a melancholy, right? The owner of the club that hires him, her name's Rebecca, so you'll see a picture of her. She's awesome, fierce, strong, also vindictive. Why is she the owner of the soccer team? Because her rich husband, Rupert, next picture, uh, in the midst of their messy divorce, she inherited it in the divorce. He's been cheating younger women. He's horrible. She's mad. She hates Rupert. She's going to get even. So she decides, I'm going to take the soccer club in the divorce, and then I'm going to run it into the ground. I'm going to make sure it fails, because the only thing he really loves is the soccer team. So I'm going to hire Ted Lasso, who doesn't even know the rules, and he's going to be terrible, and everyone's going to hate that American, and the club will fail, and Rupert will suffer, and I will win. And that's the backdrop of the show, right? Here's what I want to do, though. I want to contrast, compare the way of Jesus with the way of Ted Lasso. So throughout season one, they talk about the Lasso way. The Lasso, oh, from now on, it's the Lasso way, right? Like, what does that mean? I think it's a lot like the way of Jesus. So you already heard Doug read the Beatitudes, the way of Jesus, which immediately, I mean, this is the most famous sermon. I'll be honest with you. Just Matthew chapter 5 and 6, get rid of every creed, get rid of every belief statement the church holds. If the church would just live the Beatitudes, live the Sermon on the Mount, I think it would be all right. That would be progress. 
I don't want to argue about views of the Trinity. I don't want to argue about like specific notions of the afterlife. Let's just live the Beatitudes, right? But they are confronting because they flip the values of the world upside down. Blessed are the poor in spirit. But no, 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 no. I thought, but the poor in spirit are supposed to be poor in spirit. How can they be blessed? How can they be happy? According to the common English Bible translation. The NIV says, blessed are the poor. The common English, happy are the poor. Blessed like like God favors, God shines on them. Blessed are the meek, the humble, the peacemaker, those who are persecuted. These don't make any sense. It's like an inversion of the way the world works. Blessed are the powerful, the rich, the good-looking, the famous, the significant, the comfortable, the retired, the, those on vacation. That's who's really blessed. That's who's really happy. That's what we're striving for, aren't we? Jesus is like, well, then you're striving after the wrong things. So he completely inverts this value system. And it starts with like changing our theological imagination. And I think it leads to, to actual living in the world. And this is what I mean. At our best, the church is a place where the Beatitudes come true. At our best, it's not just beliefs. We live it. Meaning the poor in spirit, when they walk through those doors, are blessed here. Those who mourn when they walk through those doors are comforted here. Find people who comfort and mourn with them. People who are humble and meek are praised here, honored here. When you find persecution in the world, you find love and embrace and grace here. At our best, the Beatitudes come to life. That inverted value system is made real. We can see it, right? Okay, so I want to contrast this upside-down value system of Jesus, the way of Jesus, with the lasso way. Because the lasso way, much like Jesus, is small. It's quiet. It is tiny acts of kindness, day after day. It is listening and smiling and learning people's names that are at the bottom of the totem pole. It's treating the water boy as well as the star player. It's saying the opposite of what professional sports say. He just says it over and over. I don't care about winning and losing. I simply don't care. It's not about money, and it's not about power, and it's not about winning. It's about making everyone associated with this team the best version of themselves. That's what he says. To be part of this is to become the best version of yourself. And I can't help but think of the church. This community that says everyone that comes in here is not to be made different. You're to live into the fullness of who God created you to be. This is the lasso way. But it's small. And it's quiet. And it's unassuming. The similarity that I want to focus on between Jesus and Ted Lasso for the rest of the sermon, the thing I want to focus on, is this idea of reframing they both reframe the world to help us see it differently so that we can live differently. So the first clip, Sullivan, if you want to bring it over, see if we can get this to work. It worked in, in pregame. We'll see. Don't, don't play it just yet. The context for this is episode one, Ted Lasso has put a sign up in the locker room that says believe. But no one believes him at this point. The, 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 the city he's coaching for hates him. They call him horrible names. 
They chant it at his home stadium games. His players can't believe they call him Ronald McDonald because he's from America. He doesn't know the rules. Like, no one likes him. But he starts by saying, all right, well, I'm just going to put this Believe poster in the locker room. And what you'll see is an interaction between him and Keeley. She's dating one of the players. I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. No, I was just, um, you know, I was making some adjustments to the locker room here. Nice. Yeah. Though, I believe it's crooked. Now, here I am thinking it was the room that was all out of whack, but you know what? I think you're right. <laughs> what you doing back here? Where's Jamie? Oh, he left his phone in his locker. Oh. Why don't he come get it? He's still getting waxed. Surprise. <laughs> it does get funnier. Oh, this is it, though. Season one, episode one. The Believe poster's crooked. And here I thought it was the room that was all out of whack. Because it is. The way of Jesus looks ridiculous because the world's out of whack. Love isn't wrong. Grace isn't wrong. Forgiveness isn't wrong. It just seems wrong in a world about power and money and prestige. But the, believe is not crooked. The world is crooked. The room is crooked. Interestingly enough, as the team begins to catch on to the lasso way, as even the owner begins to catch on, the poster straightens so that at the end it's straight flush across the door because they begin to see the world reframe the world live into the world in a different way into the lasso way into a way that's kind and thoughtful and unassuming and i think it's beautiful so there's some pictures here so i want to talk about the beatitudes in particular in relationship to ted lasso so the first one, blessed are the poor in spirit. Rebecca, she's been crushed by her husband, Rupert. She's down in the dumps, and she is mad, and she's going to get revenge, right? Even though her world is centered on ensuring Ted Lasso fails, every morning he brings her biscuits with the boss, biscuits with the boss, and she's like, I don't have time for this, and he just sits down anyway. Come on, you got to try one, you got to try one. She's like, I don't know, go on, come on. She, as soon as she tries, she's like, oh, that's good, right? And she can't. Then it's like she's trying to figure out where does he get them. She wants to get them without ever having to interact with them, but she can't because he makes them. He makes them in his own apartment and brings it to her. And then it's like every day she can't get out of it. It's like first concert, best concert. <laughs> Spice Girls and Spice Girls, right? He's like, not me, Kenny Rogers. Anyway, got to know when to hold them. But he, he like literally just won't, won't stop with kindness. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And he sees her anger. When the press asks her questions about Rupert and about, her, about his mistresses, the first thing he does is go to her office. And his son from America had sent him little, little army men. And he said, because you might need protection, Dad. So as soon as he sees Rebecca taking fire from the press, he goes and says, I'm going to put this army man on your desk to make sure that you have protection from all those reporters who want to dig up your past and want to hurt you. Blessed are those poor in spirit. The next, blessed are those who mourn. Sam, one of the players, came from Africa, came from Nigeria, is playing in the British Premier League, and he's been terrible since he's gotten there, and they don't know why. And so Ted Lasso, as he does, listens, looks, assesses, and says, well, what's going on? I think he's probably homesick. Let's throw him a party. So they do, and they get him a gift. They get him food from Nigeria. They give him a taste of home. They 
sense his sadness and they sense his grief. And the first thing they do is throw a party. And here's the worst part. They lost. They lose the game and they throw the party anyway. And in fact, the, the, the media gets a hold of it. Like, why are you dancing and singing songs you guys lost? Well, it's because of Sam. He misses home, right? It's his birthday. We're going to cheer him up. Blessed are those who mourn. The lasso way, the way of Jesus, people who mourn are blessed in these communities, on these teams, in this way, right? Next one, Saul. Blessed are the meek. This is one of my favorites. Blessed are the humble. Ollie is the cab driver. So as soon as they land in England, cab driver, first thing he does, what's your name? Ollie. Then he remembers it. Ollie says, oh, I'm not a cab driver only. I also work at a, at a restaurant. You should stop by. My father-in-law owns it. And what do you know? The next clip we're going to watch, Ted Lasso stops by Ollie's restaurant. He treats the meek as much as the rich, right? Nate is my favorite one of this, though. Nate is uh, essentially the one who does the laundry, cleans the cleats, and he gets picked on mercilessly by the team. The first thing Ted Lasso does, he wants to know his name. He says, no one ever wants to know my name. I want to know your name. It's Nate. All right, Nate. By the end, Nate's drawing up plays for the offense. He's given leadership. He finds a voice. At one point, because I love it, Ted Lasso is full of these like one-liners, right? Uh, and Nate's like trying to talk about like, well, maybe we could do this. Oh, I don't know. And he says, Nate, I really have a hard time hearing people that don't believe in themselves. <laughs> you have to speak up. At one point, he's asked, Ted, do you believe in ghosts? He said, I do. But more importantly, I want the ghosts to believe in themselves. <laughs> Blessed are the meek. In the Ted Lasso way, that's exactly who gets blessed. That's exactly who gets emphasized. It's an inversion. It's a reframing of our values, a reframing of what's important, of what our lives should be about, about what we should, should pursue. Okay, the second clip will be a little bit longer, but it's great. So Ted Lasso has to give a full two days, 48 hours to this journalist who does not like him. His name's Trent Krim. He is totally pretentious you know, British, whatever he does. He doesn't like Ted, but he's got to spend these time with him because he's going to do a feature story, right? So he's going to run this feature story on Ted Lasso. So what you're going to see is like the end of this 48 hours when Trent Krim and uh, Ted Lasso go to the Indian restaurant that Ollie, the cab driver, told them about in the first episode, right? So you're going to see them eating. In the midst of it, you're going to get some other visuals. You're going to see one of the players, Roy, get into an altercation because Ted Lasso has been trying to get Roy to be a leader. He's the linchpin. How do we motivate him to take charge of the team? I can't do it. It's got to come from the players. You're going to see some of those kinds of things as he's talking. Um, but what you're going to get a sense for is the Lasso way is beginning to reframe the world even for a cynic like Trent Krim. Are you hungry? Mm. Tradition. Let battle commence. Ted Lasso? Hey there, Ollie. Leave it, Al. What are you doing here? Wait, I mean, you invited me, remember? I invite every person who's been in my car. Oh. Hey, Ollie. This is my friend Trent. Trent, this is my buddy Ollie. This is me. Congrats. You both just met a cool person. <laughs> right, gentlemen. You know what you're having? Uh, uh, yeah, well, you know, whatever the chef recommends. Ah, uh, that'd be my father-in-law. Are you okay with a little bit of spice? Have them make it for us like we're a couple members of the family. <laughs> You're a brave man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
That might not be the wisest of choices. Here you go, boys. Dig in. Can't wait. Smells already deep inside my brain. Gonna love it. Okay, oh, appreciate it. Can't imagine they have good Indian food in Kansas. Oh, I have no idea. I've never had Indian food. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Ooh. I mean, that's hot. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I feel like I'm about to breathe fire. <clears throat> I don't think I can eat that. Mm. Uh -uh. No, 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 come on now. We gotta put a decent dent in this, otherwise mm. we're gonna embarrass Holly in front of his family. No, really, I can't. Well, hey, you're, come on, just don't blow mine. Yeah, yeah, you can go. So if uh, you love Kansas so much, why did you, why did you leave to coach a sport that you can uh, barely, uh, you know anything about? Was it just the money? Wait, I'm supposed to be getting paid? Are you enjoying the food? Tell your father-in-law it's perfect. Ah, Dad, he says it's perfect. Ted, mm -hmm. what you're doing is irresponsible. This club actually means something to this town. I know that. I do. Tramp, what do you love? Is it writing? Yes. Yeah, well, good, because you're darn good at it. Thank you. Welcome. Me? I love coaching. Now, I'm going to say this again, just so you didn't think it was a mistake the first time I said it. For me, success is not about the wins and losses. It's about helping these young fellas be the best versions of themselves on and off the field. And it ain't always easy, Trent, but neither is growing up without someone believing in you. Let me ask you this. Is my tongue still in my mouth? Because I am about to hallucinate <laughs> from all the heat here. I really should go. Deadlines and all. Yeah, yeah, you gotta do the work. I, I'll say this, though. I really enjoyed getting to spend this time with you, Trent. You actually mean that, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, yeah. Normally, one dish is plenty, mm. but we know how you Americans like to eat, innit? Let's do it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Try that one. <sighs> Woo! Beautiful, right? Yeah, it's beyond beautiful. It's hot. <laughs> Mrs. Witch's voice was grave. What do you understand? That it has to be me. Can't be anyone else. <laughs> Bad word, Uncle Roy. Oh, mind your own business, Phoebe. Be good. Yes. I have an advanced copy of the article. Read it to me. Title? Wayward Ted. Whatever you think of Ted Lasso as a football coach, I assure you, the truth is harder to swallow. Hey, how you doing? Good. How is he as coach? I know. Oh, it's fine. Thank you. And swallow you must hey, because Ted is out there in the community, either bravely or stupidly facing the music. <laughs> Hey, fellas, how you doing? That's for you to decide. Piss off, wanker! Uh. Hi. Yeah. Stop Every it! Every time! And yes, he's in over his head. He insisted twice that he didn't care if Richmond won or lost. But if the lasso way is wrong, it's hard to imagine being right. Hmm. 
Why have you stopped reading? Please do me the favour of remembering that these aren't my words, it's Trent Krim. Keep going. In a business that celebrates ego, Ted reigns his in. His coaching style is subtle. It never hits you over the head. <laughs> Hello, Roy. I didn't know it was a retirement party. <coughs> Stop messing with Nate. Now, I don't know which one of you are nutted because I don't see so well at night anymore, but that goes for all of you. Slowly growing until you can no longer ignore its presence. Vanilla vodka. Such a child. Keely? Why? Whether that means allowing followers to become leaders, or in a show of respect, eating food so spicy it's sure to wreak massive havoc on his intestinal system. And though I believe that Ted Lasso will fail here and Richmond will suffer the embarrassment of relegation, I won't gloat when it happens. Because I can't help but root for him. I'm guessing that there are lots of experiences that we have no control over that you encounter, experiences that are painful. Let Jesus reframe those. It's like the way Ted Lasso reframes a loss. A loss is not a loss. Who cares? It's what you learn from it that matters. It's how you grow from adversity that matters. That's how it gets reframed. I think about how many relationships, when I begin to realize that often the tension is not about me, sometimes it is, uh, it's often what's happening inside the other person, their own pain, their own trauma, their own fear. When I can reframe it that way, when I can see them through that lens, it changes everything. It shifts from villain to someone that needs grace. And when Ted sees people that way, you watch them soften. The people that are the worst to him, Jamie Tart, the star player, couldn't be more arrogant, couldn't be less teachable. But Ted reframes it as he's not these things. He's not arrogant and selfish. There's something deeper, which eventually we get to next time. It's a reframing. It's expanding our theological imagination. It's seeing it through the eyes of Christ. Seeing it through the eyes of Ted Lasso. There's no better example in the first few episodes for me than looking at how Rebecca, the owner of the team, responds to pain and the way Ted Lasso does. Both are in pain. Ted Lasso is separated from his wife. 
He's away from home, and no one where he's at likes him or wants him to be there. Rebecca has been cheated on, drugged through the mud in the press, and hates her husband. They both are dealing with pain. And she wants revenge. She wants people to pay. She wants to feel strong and back in control. And Ted channels his pain into service to this team, helping his players grow, learning how to be the best versions of themselves. It's pain, and it's relational pain, and it's framed in two totally different ways. And I get a choice in that. I don't get a choice in what happens to me often. I don't get a choice in my circumstances or my situation, but I do get a choice in how I'm going to see it, view it, feel about it, think about it, respond to it. I get to do that. And in that way, I want to be Ted Lasso. In that way, I want to be a lot more like Jesus. So for the next few weeks, we're going to try to live into the Lasso way. What do you think? Is that going to be all right? And we're going to try to find parallels between that way and the way of Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we are grateful that you turn our value system on its head. We're grateful that you remind us that it's the world that is crooked, not the way of love. It's the room that is crooked, not faith. Help us to live the crooked way. Help us to live a way that allows not only us to reframe our lives, but that we might help to reframe the lives of others as well. 